self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we, we are a conversation, conversation con artists. artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am somebody that's gonna wear my natural hair i wish somebody would say something about it somebody gonna say something one day well they let can you get... try to get a job <laughs> like you changed your hat of red while you had this job no. right mm-mm I changed my hair to red when I was still in grad school. Oh, you graduated with red hair. Mm-hmm. It was straight, wasn't it? Mm-mm. Your so, hair once you didn't have your hair straight. And that graduation picture on your on your profile with your those mom, are that my, ain't straight. Those are just my graduate my grad pictures that oh. I just had. Those weren't you know how you go take pictures. When I graduated, I had my natural hair. Oh, okay. I'm also calamity red, by the way. But yeah, I had my own I had it twisted down so that the hat would fit and my hair was just like out at the back. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I wear my natural hair all the time. Very rarely do I straighten it, but I, my mom asked me to straighten it for the pictures. That's why I was straightening the pictures. I got you. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. Well, look, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mister M I S C E R underscore on point, and I can be found at Red underscore Calamity. Also, we are still doing the listener letter portion of the show, so if you have a question you would like for us to answer, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is Conversation Con Artists uh, at Gmail dot com, or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Con Artists, and send it to us that way. But of course, first is the poetry. Your turn now. Yeah. I did my two in a row. Damn it. Okay, so I feel like I should put a disclaimer on this. <laughs> this is a poem I wrote after Trayvon and after Zimmerman was found not guilty. Okay. In it, I do refer to crime that we commit against each other. But in no way am I saying that that is, we need to fix that first and then the police will stop or whatever. Like, I feel like they're both problems. So I don't think it's a problem. What's the problem? You don't think what's the problem? I don't think it's. I don't think black folks killing black folks is a problem. Why is it not a problem? Because everybody kill everybody of their own culture. They do. That's how it works. So, I, but that it doesn't. I'm saying I don't care nothing about the other people. Like we don't have to do that. Though it's a choice. So like. These cities where people are get innocent people are getting killed because all this fucking gov- like that's not cool. Kids getting killed like I feel like I wish that we would make a, a change and we wouldn't kill each other as much. Like I don't give a shit about it. But I, I still can't even accept that because I can't say we. I can't say that. I can't say we need to stop killing each other because I ain't a murderer. No, you're not. I ain't, you know what I'm saying? Like you I are black. Do what? You're black though. But I'm, that's what the we is. It's not murderers. But I don't like the whole we group every black person into a group of black people like most of us are murderers. When the ones that murder murder, it's a very small group of it black is. people that murder people. So when I say stop murder, I, I say when I say stop, you know, the killing. I'm saying that has to start by going into these project, the neighborhoods that they put us in where poverty. Um, Reigns and so people start doing whatever they can to survive. I think those are the changes that need to be made because that's what you know draws people into this life where they are using guns and they are taking other lives because they don't give a shit. Like, those are the things that need to change. You know what? One of my buddies in Chicago said changed the landscape of violence in Chicago. What 
was their initiative to eliminate gangs. Yeah. It created a problem because gangs operate, albeit how bad, ever bad you think gangs are, they operate with codes. You don't make moves on other people that you uh, are not affiliated with unless the people above you approve it. Mm -hmm. And so once they crack down on all the people that was high up in those systems, now you got a whole bunch of neighborhood gangs where every neighborhood around you can consist of a different gang and a different group of people. And there is no hierarchy by which you don't do that shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it would be the same way with the police. If the police didn't have people above them holding them accountable, it would be the wild, wild fucking West out here with yeah. them. It's the law. It would. Every single system is the textbook definition of a gang. We've just chosen to, you know, believe in our society that the police and the FBI and the CIA and all these other agencies are the good gangs, you know. <laughs> and the gangs in the community should be dismantled. But... Chicago is an example of when you dismantle a, a, a hierarchical system mm-hmm. by which decisions are made intently versus what they got in Chicago now. So it's a lot that went into that shit. And, you know, I'm not saying that violence itself is not a problem, but I can't isolate black folks out and be like, we, we need to cut our violence out. I mean, we... Everybody murder each other at the similar rates within 6%. Black people is a little bit higher. But again, I mean, I <laughs> I don't feel like we should do it just because everybody else is doing it. That's the, the argument that, well, everybody else kill each other within their cultures. I'm saying for our culture, we need to do it less. No, what I'm saying <laughs> is the percentages of people that murder each other across cultures within their cultures mm-hmm. is consistent enough that I think that's just what murder rate is generally going to be as people. As it's, it's like a 10% range between black people, white people, Latino, Asian people killing each other in America. It's a very, it's a really small gap. So I'm saying, I think that not most people don't kill. Most people don't get killed, but though that percentage of people that do get killed of mm-hmm. all of us that exist, I think that's not generally what it's going to be. I mean, I love for black people shit to go down so that every other culture is killing each other at higher rates. <laughs> but the reason that black on black crime exists is because the propaganda against against us. Even if our number go down to fifty percent, half of or thirty some percent, half of what theirs is, they still gonna be talking about black on black crime on TV, and they never gonna talk about white on white crime. With Latino crime, they gonna talk about illegal immigrants. Mm-hmm. And I don't even hear shit about. Asian killing each other in America, you know, they got a bunch of problems over there with like Asian gangs and shit. Mm-hmm. But you'll never hear about that shit over here. So the propaganda still gonna continue to exist. Still, don't care about the propaganda. I'm saying for us, I, I mean, I don't care how how it's still gonna look to the outside world. <laughs> I care about our communities and how it how it is for us living in these communities. Like they, of course, we we got plenty. I got plenty of stories today of, of black folks not doing shit, but being like everybody else. But because of them being black, being treated differently, and having bullshit, so that's gonna always happen. You know, mm-hmm. they they gonna always look at us differently. I'm saying for us and our own communities. But I would like to point out that at the time that I wrote this, you made a comment, mm-hmm. <laughs> and your comment was. This is an important message. Truth. I can grow. <laughs> I don't heard the poem quite yet. Now, again, so 
I don't know what context it is, but just from the conversation we just had, my stance is I agree with you, but it has to be an isolated conversation. It can never be in comparison to when a black person is killed by anybody outside of the black community. It should never be focusing on the black community healing itself should never be in the context of when some bullshit happened to a black person from the outside. Well, let me just read the poem. It doesn't have a title because I couldn't I couldn't think of a title for it. You should have you could have called it Run Nigga Run. <laughs> no. Run for your life, get some help. Um Okay, so it's untitled. If it was a uh if it was like one of them uh books, story books that they be writing, that would it be called? Run like run, run spot run. <laughs> But run, nigga, run. I remember run, spot, run. I read that. Uh, okay. No justice, no peace. We screamed in the streets. Filled with righteous anger when the jury gave their decree. It was all over the TV. A nation in disbelief. The killer of a young black teen allowed to just walk free. And initially, oh, we were hype, marching in the streets, standing up for what's right, standing up for what's wrong. But as the weeks went by, we silenced our song. Change doesn't happen in a matter of weeks, and change doesn't happen when we just admit defeat. They don't care about us. The system ain't made for people of color. These things may be true, but we don't care for one another. We're killing each other. Our streets are covered with bodies and carrying a gun. Oh, that's not kind of a hobby. With not with such nonchalance, we take each other's lives. A flower without roots simply cannot survive. I wish we'd realized that we were descended from kings. And every act of violence is nothing but bring shame to the memory of those who fought for our rights, viciously clipping our wings. See, we'll never take flight, never rise above circumstances or be great in spite of. We can't even manage the task of showing each other love. Of course, they want to emulate us. We have the potential to be great, intelligent women, perfect hourglass shapes. And yeah, some of us have more sand than do others. But these hips bear little kings and queens born to strong mothers. And our men, well, their flavor is unmatched, walking with a cool swagger, even as they carry their families on their backs. So why do we act as if we don't have good sense? Dwindling numbers due to murder and capital offenses. Yeah, the trial is over and yeah, the verdict stands. But the fight has to continue. Please don't misunderstand. Uh, change is at hand, but it must start with us. Love yourself, love your fellow man, and respect is a must. We're in this fight together. Our goals should be the same. We must respect life. So his death won't be in vain. Snap, snap, snaps. That's it. Snap, snap, snaps. So I wrote that the day, hmm. the same day that the verdict was read when everybody was like, what the fuck? He got away with it, like, and then he went on to do a bunch of bullshit because he's a fuck ass nigga <laughs> who probably was emboldened by the fact that he was able to kill somebody and get away with it. Then he started beating women. He he just got into a whole bunch of other shit because he was just emboldened by that. I feel like, like, oh shit, okay, <laughs> get away with shit. I mean, so about your poem. When you said kings and queens, it turned into the hotel. It did. It did. <laughs> but I don't mean it in a hotel way. I know you didn't. But <laughs> now these days, just saying kings and queens to me, like if you say kings, like if somebody on their profile, oh yeah, while I'm swiping, say mother of a king, 
That's dead. The, keep in mind, this is written in 2013, though. Okay, this is written like I, five years ago. I understand. <laughs> I am, I'm just saying. And I'm the furthest thing from hotel because I hate when niggas see my hair and be like, "What up, queen nigga? Get the fuck away from me." That's I wear mine. my hair like this because I want to wear my hair like this. It ain't got shit to do with this whole tip shit you talking about. I'm saying that's just my conditioning of the words king and queen. I hate point. that they've fucked it up because <laughs> it is true in some manners. It is true for some people. So like I hate that now saying it is like attached to whole tip shit. But I do think that if Chicago gets fixed today and every other violent place in America get fixed today and the murder rate of black people between black people goes down tremendously we still gonna get that treatment from white America we are that but it, it's not gonna change but again I don't feel like that should be the goal like if we could just get the numbers down among each other cause I, we, we don't have control over what the police and shit do obviously we just we don't and so like I tell my clients when you're in a situation where there's certain shit that you can't control focusing on the shit that you can't control is gonna make you feel really frustrated and angry and that's how a lot of people feel frustrated and angry like they can't do anything about what the police are doing and you can't so you take and focus on the shit you can you go into these neighborhoods you mentor and talk to these boys and girls that don't maybe don't have anybody in their life like that you do that kind of shit you know what i'm saying you focus on the shit you can control instead of focusing on the shit you don't have no control over right now we ain't got no control over what the police do and what the court systems do and how how we you know can get killed and and motherfuckers get away with it like it ain't nothing we we don't have no control over that so focusing on that i feel like it's futile you don't get anywhere with that you focus on the shit you can and you feel better you you know you look well, at the situation control murderers that murder you can't but you can control some of these kids that might be getting ready to join these gangs and, and become murderers before they become that because these kids in neighborhoods where, where they don't have shit and mama is out not there and this gang is offering them shit that they don't get at home you, you can stop that you can help them kids out and stop them from becoming murderers later on because that's how gangs how, how gangs survive by getting new recruits all the time so they continue but that's also why i say that anytime i hear about black on black crime or about the black community it got to be isolated it can't be in the context of Oh, a white person killed a black man. No, black I, on black crime. No, I don't think that has. I don't. Again, that ain't nothing you could control. So I don't think that needs to be the focus. I don't think that the the changes in the community need to happen because of that. I think the changes in the community need to happen just because they need to happen. But that's how. But that's that's how. The, that's how you hear the conversation about black on black crime. Like it's a lot of initiatives in a lot of cities working on mm-hmm. reducing the violence in those cities. Like what need to be put on blast is those kind of organizations and stuff that's doing that and how to reinforce that. Mm-hmm. But anytime we hear about violence in the black community, is always in white people in defense of when police kill a black person or when black people is doing that same kind yeah. of defending. And that's why you need to have people like Don Lemon or Angela Ree, Ry, Ray, 
Right. Right. That will get on TV and dispel all of that shit when people start talking fuck shit that ain't true. That's why you need people like them who can put that part into the conversation. And again, like I said, you can't control, you know what I'm saying, what what people feel or how white some white people look at it. You can't control that. So I don't think that need to be the focus. Now, I do think, we, you know, again, Angela Reed, Don Lemon taking up for us. We do need that just to have, to put that out there so that there's a different narrative. But the focus can't be on changing the the crimes against us from the police and shit. Because we don't have no control over that right now. And I think that's why people are frustrated and angry and because we focusing on that and, and feeling like we are helpless in that. Like I said, you, you you don't focus on the things that you can't control. Focus on the things you can. Because if life is going to be this way anyway, if white people going to be this way anyway, don't focus on that. That's what I'm saying. If, if, if that is the case, then there is also no reason to put that part in a dialogue about how to heal the black community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no point to even have that part as, in a about sense of comparison. About the white people killing us? What part are you talking about? About like a part of your poem, you said that uh, we got to start first and we got to value our life if we want them to value it. Well, the reason why that's in there is because everything stopped, right? Everybody was in an uproar. People were, you know, marching and shit when Trayvon happened. And then it stopped and we just got, I feel like we just got hopeless again. So I meant start from that point in 2013 because that's what happens when you when you try to start it focused on some shit bullshit happening. The people run out of steam every time one of these shootings has happened. We're all upset and we're we, it's the same fucking cycle. So I said that in that poem and I and I made sure I mentioned how we ran out of steam, how everybody shut the fuck up after a while. Because it, you know, we just but saw we you, couldn't do anything. Do you, so I meant that from that point in 2013. So I, that don't mean that to you don't mean we don't care. It's more representative of that thing that we can't control. Yeah, we got you get frustrated. You 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 know, the marching was looked at in a, a negative way. They was talking shit. It's like we can't, we cannot express how we feel. You can't kneel. You can't march. You can't speak out. They want you to just basically shut the fuck up. And so people get very frustrated. So I don't think that we ran out of steam when the verdict was read on Trayvon because we didn't care about it anymore. I think you just see that you can't do shit about it. I think that verdict showed people that they don't give a fuck. And that's not going to change. Change ain't going to come through that. Not no time soon. My thing from here on out is that I'm just not, I can't accept, this ain't about your poem, but in the context of this dialogue, I cannot accept somebody trying to draw a parallel between black people and the violence in our community and a number of issues that we have in the black community. Mm -hmm. I will not accept somebody drawing a parallel to validate why somebody else might have done something. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just because that's how that shit is used. I don't like hearing the term black on black crime. Yeah. I would rather hear inner community issues, you know, 
because that's just that shit was crafted from a, a propagandized perspective. It don't really have shit about the accurate reflection because then it have to be white on white crime too. Yeah, and it have to be Latino on Latino crime too. I don't think that those people that that feel that way though, and even the black people that feel that way, they don't need to be a part of the conversation. They don't need to be a part of what we decide to do in our own communities. Um, they don't need to be a part of it because their their narrative and how they feel is based on some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? I feel like only the people who recognize that this has nothing to do with trying to change how white people feel or how often we get killed by the police, even when we're cooperating with what they ask, that don't need to be why we are doing shit in our community. Because at the end of the day, there are going to be police shootings. There's going to be hashtags. We don't have control over that. Not right now. I don't know what would he, it would even take for us to be able to have control over that, but we don't. So focusing on that, again, it's futile. And again, that's what I, when I have clients that have a bunch of bullshit going on in their life, I tell, we look for what they can control. We look for where they can make a difference in how their day or how they feel. Like, what, what can you do? As opposed to what's being done to you. Because the shit that's being done to you and you don't have no control over it, focusing on that is frustrating. And people get frustrated and they quit and just feel like, well, I don't need to do shit. It don't matter anyway. It don't matter anyway. They still going to do what they're going to do. That's why that don't need to be the reason. Mm-hmm. Because you're never going to feel like we need to do something if you, they just going to do it anyway. They just going to kill us anyway. That's true. <laughs> That's why that don't need to be the, the reason why we make the changes. Because then every time somebody else gets shot by the police, People gonna get frustrated because the whole goal is for the, to stop the police from shooting us. That does not need to be the goal. But I think is I think that realistic change can come from that dialogue. I just like you said, it don't need to be connected to what the black community doing over here. That's mm-hmm. a separate issue. This issue over here has existed and will persist. So I won't say that it ain't nothing we can do about that because change is happening now. Um. Stephon Clark in Sacramento that got killed. The dude that the, the, the uh, old man called the police because he said he thought somebody was butt breaking in cars, busting their windows, ran behind the house. He was behind his grandmama house. And cell got phone, killed. Got yeah. killed. I remember. Uh, they've changed some of their policing laws now. Police officers now have to weigh out the risk to the community versus what they're actually pursuing somebody for for example i mean well i'm just saying it's another line of defense by which if somebody say you know we thought somebody busted a window and we ran and we end up shooting a dude in the back with a cell phone that's not going to be justified to somebody in that system this is in california right mm-hmm. i feel like change is gonna come easier in california I mean, of like, course, I don't change. see that shit happening is. in Florida. No time. <laughs> of course it is. But that ain't I think that goes to say that that's not necessarily not something that can't be controlled. Now, me and you on individual level can't control that. And I feel like, pe- you know, people that aren't on the level of intelligence that we are or on the level of being able to perceive stuff, especially here in the South. You know, that's great that that happened in California. But I feel like California is has always like it's a very liberal, very you know what I'm saying? Like they they gonna make changes 
without it being like a huge issue i feel like mm-hmm. in the south though i feel like the frustration is a little bit different from like the frustration of people in other places or even chicago frustrations may be different from the the frustrations down here so like seeing that and 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 seeing hope in that or seeing progress in that may be hard for people that ain't gonna benefit from here <laughs> the shooting you know the shootings and stuff was barely happening in the south yeah the south done learn how to play real nice with racism uh it's way more subtle and accepted way more by black people and learn and easily is navigated better i guess except for florida Florida's, I Florida can feel like the count. exception, uh, but it's Florida in the don't. South. <laughs> they never really call Florida the South because Florida has always been a different type of state. Mm-hmm. It don't encompass the shit that when you're talking about Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi encompasses, whether because the population, all these different variables. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's the South of the United States, but it ain't like the South where we talking about like the Jim Crow South yeah. out here. Um, Florida, a lot of fuck shit happens in Florida. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you know a lot of a lot more fuck shit is gonna happen in Florida. I just I feel like we should do the Bugs Bunny shit. Just cut that shit off, let it float away. Everybody that don't want to float away need to move. But everybody who loves staying there and feel like it's good, you can stay. <laughs> That's how I feel about Florida. It's bullshit. What's your point? Mine caused a lot of dialogue, but I hope everybody. I hope that makes. I hope people understand the flow of the poem. The flow of the poem was at at the point that I started talking about what we need to do. It was when people got frustrated and quit and gave up and said, it, fuck it, you know, we need to focus on the shit we can control. And so that part of the poem was to encourage focusing on the shit we can control because focusing on the stuff that you can't is very frustrating. My poem is called The Eyes of Love. The In parentheses eyes. have changed this man. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Gave love some human traits. I this see. ain't the first one. What is it called when you give something inanimate human traits? Personification? Yep. Yep. Okay. It don't really rhyme, but you know. It ain't got to rhyme. But I like when it rhymes. I have some shit where I... I purposely wanted to see if I could not rhyme and it come across good. You know, I I wanted to not focus on the rhyme and focus on what I was trying to say. Mm -hmm. It has small moments where it rhymes that seem a little bit more coincidental, but I really challenged myself to just deliver a message rather than fit a message in the middle of a rhyme scheme. My learning how to fall didn't rhyme. It's just me talking in a like in a specific cadence but it didn't rhyme yeah yeah the eyes of love love opened up its eyes to me such beauty and promise i've never seen as i have on this day my way has been paved as my life now revolves around love and those who chase lust have not witnessed the eyes for if they had they would know that love is an embodiment of things that men shall forever desire and as far as love is concerned lust never even existed And when I stared into the eyes of love, I was still as time diminished, 
I was rendered unable to move for my sight was not prepared for what I had witnessed. See, our eyes are not designed to handle exquisiteness of such magnitudes, but that's the only look that love gives away and the only thing that the eyes of love are made to see. So being frozen still is appreciated for many men have met their doom in my shoes and love could have stared me to death. I like to believe it blinked to set me free because it saw the purity that my heart expresses and my true desires that it may be a home for one day. I believe a man can spend his whole life searching for love, never find it, and it wouldn't even be a wasted life. Therefore, if love never settles in my heart, the search will have appeased me. After looking into the eyes of love, a look that was not weak but not quite strong, more so desolate as it had been abandoned, awaiting the Savior, just shy of tears, my eyes began to pour down to the ground as if waterfalls were hanging from my face because I imagined never seeing that beauty, never achieving that promise. The eyes of love has changed this man. Snap, snap, snap. Yeah. Love. That's it. I thought you was going to break into music soul child. Mm-mm. <laughs> that way it seemed nope. like it was going. I'd be freestyling in the car, though. With certain music. I'd be freestyling about love and relationships and all of that stuff. Sometimes rap style, sometimes spoken word style. It just depends. That's funny. How I feel. Okay, we only have one situation to talk about. Okay. It's a pretty <laughs> it's a pretty interesting situation. Yeah. Okay. My fiance makes seventy thousand dollars a year. I'm so jealous. <laughs> okay. Uh while I make a hundred and fifteen thousand dollars a year. Okay. Where who what do they do that they make this money? <laughs> Um, I'm completely okay with the difference in salaries. However, I just learned that he has been supporting his mom and dad financially for years since he graduated from college. I overheard him telling his mom that they can start looking for a new house and he will help them purchase it after we get married since we will have more money with my income. When I questioned him about it, he said that it was the least he could do for his parents sacrificing to put him through college. He said that when we get married, my money is his money and there shouldn't be an issue with where he like for our money to go, especially when it is for his parents. I love this man, but I'm seriously thinking about calling off the wedding. Now, how much you say she make? 115,000. He makes 70. So she made more than double what he makes. I don't really give a fuck how much more money she make than he make. It still don't justify him making no kind of decision. Under the premise that is both of their money, like how it's gonna be both of our money, but you only making a decision, like you not even including her in the decision making process. And you didn't just already, you ain't talked to me, but you already telling your mama to look for a house. Your mama gonna be disappointed as a motherfucker. We not buying them no damn house. <laughs> what? Or he gonna be buying them a house? You take your seventy thousand and go buy them a house. But you can't you can't say, hey, mom, go ahead and look for a house because once I get married, we're going to have more money and we can, like, pay your mortgage. What? We No. Why would we do that? That's crazy. No. Like, you're not – he didn't say that they were incapable of taking care of themselves. He just feel like he owe it to them for them sacrificing and putting him through school. And get look, I get it. I'm glad – that you appreciative of your family for for the things that they did and you ain't no asshole who feel like you just were entitled to that 
but <laughs> there should be a line especially if you're about to get married that needs to be a conversation you financially taking care of your parents like fully financially take care of, that's a conversation we need to have because i ain't gonna be cool with you doing that shit after we i'm not finna take care of your parents what if we have kids you still finna be trying to find money to take care of your damn parents no it ain't even about the money at this point it's just about you feeling like you could just do what you want to do because if it if it's a we then we need to make this decision and we did make this decision because you ain't tell me shit about it that's a problem yeah i don't i would leave like that marriage wouldn't happen Mm -mm. like a woman at that point would know me well enough to know that marriage ain't that high on my priority list (laughs) that i wouldn't just drop drop that situation but I feel like I would have knew this about you before we got to this point. I would have knew your relationship with your parents. I would have known you've been spending money on your parents. I would have known, I feel, I that, that this is how you feel about your folks. Yeah, but uh, it's, I guess helping them financially, it, you know, she didn't go into detail about what that was, but it seems like it wasn't as big as buying a house for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think the the straw for her was overhearing him say go house shopping we buying y'all a house like what nigga <laughs> no we're not no you just lied to your mama player Mm-mm. because you wouldn't be doing that were it not for my extra money you you think that we gonna get married and we gonna take the extra money and buy your parents a house like you crazy as fuck I'm not doing that so even if she knew that he was helping his parents out it sounded like she just at the point that he telling them to go buy a house he was just like okay this is way too much it's disrespectful and you know i've worked with some families in which the the parents raise their children to believe that they are indebted to them it's a lot of families that raise their children to just be somebody who works and give money to the family. Shit. And kids buy that shit. I mean, they don't when they don't know anything else. Yeah, it's been conditioned. They buy that. So I would really, really be intent on finding out the nature of their relationship because that's that's you can't unweave that shit. Mm-mm. When a when a parent has conditioned a child for their entire life to you owe me. You are an adult. You don't owe your parent nothing. You didn't ask them to come here. You don't owe them nothing. Now by default now if they provided you a decent life sacrificed for your gain then i can understand how you can believe that you not even owe your parents but i can understand how you would want to give back to your parents you know but that's not oh and 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 if this dude didn't land a seventy thousand dollar job which ain't fantastic out here in this society that we live in better than what i make it's better than what I make. But I'm just saying, <laughs> what if he they put him through college and he end up working somewhere for thirty five thousand dollars? Like what would he be giving them then? Not much. Exactly. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like not much. I don't like, I don't want shit on seventy thousand dollars because seventy thousand dollars is good. I'm that just sounds saying beautiful. It's not enough to buy your folks a house but and he, then maintain the kind of lifestyle that you want to make. But he ain't based on buying a house on his seventy thousand dollars. He said after he gets they get be. married, he should be. But because he if I overhear that, with, if I overhear that with the lady that I'm dating, 
and or I'm my fiance that I'm about to marry. If mm-hmm. I overhear that with her, then I guess her seventy thousand just her seventy thousand now. <laughs> we gonna change how we do. I'm gonna manage our finances now because now you got to do that on your own, or we gonna have to change how we look at our money. I wouldn't. I at that point, I wouldn't marry him because it's just. It's gonna continue to be issues like this that's gonna crop up. You know what I'm saying? And you having this attachment, feeling like you need to do these things to, for your parents, it's gonna be a real problem once we have kids because I'm gonna feel like we need to be investing in our children as much as possible. And your parents are grown fucking people. Like <laughs> we not finna say it's gonna get real bad once kids get in the mix. So now I wouldn't if, even marry. What him. if you can afford it? I still wouldn't. You that's too much. You have way too much of an attachment to your parents. I can't, especially because I don't come from an environment like that. So I just feel like overall that would be difficult for me to, because I ain't finna be at your parents' house all the damn time. Your mama ain't finna be over here in my face all the damn time. Like I don't need that, because I don't see my parents that much. You know what I'm saying? So adjusting to like. But you know that early on. Yeah. You know that early enough not to get to this point. To get uh, engaged. That, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't be engaged to a dude that you didn't like. He would be trying to invite you over with their family. Also. Like, I, when <laughs> it kind of, it don't, it ain't red flag for me when I see on like a, 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 a dating profile something like uh, family, very family oriented. If that means that, you know, you go to your mama house every day you know around three from three to five and you always with your sisters or your sisters always over here i i don't know if i want to deal with that level of involvement with they family because i ain't involved with mine at that point i feel like it's a measurement i ain't finna get i ain't involved with my family that much that means that your family gonna have to be my family in this situation it ain't like I'm gonna be able to be like I don't feel like being over her mama house. <laughs> I'm finna go to my mama house because realistically, all I want to do is go play the game, <laughs> <laughs> and that probably wouldn't be acceptable to her when I could be with her family because she finds value in it, and she you finds wouldn't. Value in that. Yeah, and so I couldn't be with family oriented as in you, you know the holidays you want to spend because I do do that like. Thanksgiving, Christmas. But I don't think that's what that mean when people put that oh, on well. the top of their profile. Mm-hmm. When they put that on their profile, I think they mean they have a strong relationship with everybody in their family mm-hmm. and your relationship gonna suffer for a while after each one of them die. Hell no. I'm good. I can't, I just, I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking it. If, if people that are that close to that family, that's cute. I am not. And so because I'm not close to my family, at this age, I'm not finna get that close to your family. You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't gonna. I ain't finna be, you know. If your mama come over is in the house, you know, I'm not gonna be. It ain't gonna be like a problem. But she ain't finna be over here every fucking day, yo. Like it's not finna happen. And we ain't going over her house every day. If y'all do like Sunday dinner, I could, I could, I could probably deal with that because like that part, you know. After after church on Sundays, we would go to my grandmother's house and chill. So like. I could probably deal with that if that's like part of your family routine, but your mama just showing up all the damn time and shit. Mm-mm. And she I needs just to stay don't, her ass at home. I just don't see a relationship starting off where y'all you never saw their mama, you never saw him him doing stuff with his mama, you never heard him talking about his mama in a way that she's adoring that much, 
and then this just being a surprise to you at this point. Mm-mm. Like, it might be a shock that he believed that your money should be to the level that should help his <laughs> folks, but it shouldn't be a shock that he would do some shit for his folks like that. But I mean, for me, though, for me, though, when I said, what if you could afford it, you know, it, if I hit a lottery or something, I buy my mama house. I buy her mama house. I mean, I don't care. But the thing is, what kind of life, what what will it sacrifice from our life and our kids' lives in the future? Well, the difference to provide between that. you winning the lottery and buying a house out flat. He gonna be paying a mortgage, like because they don't get one hundred and fifty thousand dollars up front. He don't get seventy thousand dollars up front. That's over the course of the year. So because of that, we gonna be paying a mortgage on that house. Well, I mean, <laughs> even if not talking about this scenario, but in the event that you know we made significantly more money, like our salaries triple somehow, I believe there is a level that I can go that we can have that conversation and we can talk about what it would look like to do that. But there is a level at which. Mm-mm. We can't talk about it. it yeah. It's definitely not before we get married. Ass shit. That shit should not be coming up before nigga married. Like once we know what our finances look like. Once we got our finances, you come to me. You say, "Hey, I want to show some appreciation for my parents." One, that's the wrong way to have that conversation with me. You gonna have to say we should show some appreciation for our parents, in the sense that if I'm a, if I'm talking about doing something for mine, I got to talk about doing something for yours too. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So. We can have that conversation, but it's contextual for me. Family I can't shit. give no universal all out. No, I'm not going to let you do something for your parents. That's going to take money from our family. Family shit. That's all. That's my concern in marriage just because I've dated people. I don't have a good relationship with my dad. Okay. And there are reasons for that. Um, I, I think I told the goat story on here. Mm-hmm. Like, my childhood was filled with bullshit like that. Okay? And we just don't have a good relationship. And that's what it is. I've dated people that have tried to, like, force or tried to be, like, well, maybe. Like, shut, don't, please. <laughs> this is this relationship is what it is. And I have no desire for it to change at this point. So I don't need you coming in because you close to your dad. Feeling like we need to do something to get me close to my Like, that's going to be a problem for me. Or it has been before, like, so, cause I, you know, I get really upset talking about my dad. So, look, if you start acting like I'm being a bad daughter or I'm I haven't done enough, I'm gonna cuss you out because I'm gonna get hype <laughs> and tell you to mind your fucking business. Like, we good over here. This is just what it is. I don't I don't need you <laughs> fucking telling me what I need to do. You don't know this nigga like I do, okay? And when you get to know him, you're going to um, hopefully understand why it is. <laughs> I don't have a relationship with him. But, like, family stuff just, you know, my family my family situation is just so fucked up that that's a concern. Finding somebody that can, like, deal with that and it not be, like, a problem. Like I'm going to be like, the only way that one i'm gonna accept this is that we we get a good ass insurance policy for your folks too because we gonna get paid back on the back end <laughs> after they ass kick the bucket so oh, we can we can buy my house but that it gonna we gonna need to bundle that home insurance policy with a life insurance policy too <laughs> in 20 years we can get <laughs> we can get seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for that's hilarious 
So context and other variables. But yeah. See this this gets me. If I see a guy with a dog on his profile, why I'm, that gets you? Because I have dogs, and that means they like dogs. But but if he got a dog in the profile, that means you finna have three dogs in your house. I know. So do you you really want that? I would deal with it. Here's the thing. And the reason why I would deal with it. And this sounds so cold, but my oldest dog, I've got like at the top. So hold on. She showed me she just showed me a picture of a dude on Tinder that's holding a dog. So mm -hmm. that's where this conversation yes, came from. Yes, that's where this conversation came from because I'm still scared about swiping on Tinder since that Tinder murderer, but I, you know, I'm trying to like not. Come on, man. I know, but he, I would have swiped on him, yo. I would have swiped on him and died. You would have swiped on him and you would have smelled all kind of red flags. You would have <laughs> seen all kind of red flags. People who get murdered from Craigslist and Tinder are the gullible. They nah, ain't gullible. I don't trust shit. Nobody, listen, the only <laughs> thing we ever know about with Tinder murders is the murderer. They don't never be like prominent professor from oh. <laughs> Harvard murdered by a tender kid. It's always somebody that don't nobody know yeah. that they family ain't protesting about. It's just somebody that was probably really, really gullible and take out all the stops. For example, Craigslist, when I sell something on Craigslist, we meet in Walmart's electronic section. <laughs> Four lights in the middle back of the store. If they bold enough to come into Walmart and try to do something crazy, then they deserve it. <laughs> so I think that the people who experience that are gullible. You are not gullible. Mm -mm. So I don't think that's an issue you have to deal with. Plus, even if it wasn't, even if it was a genius who could manipulate anybody and not gullible people, I feel like you put dude through enough of a ringer that you went end up in his house hell the fuck no he went end up in your house nope quick enough for mm -hmm. that to be a situation so yeah, i meet niggas you don't need because they love to be like i come pick you up no the fuck you will not i will meet you so i ain't trying to invalidate <laughs> your hesitation i'm just saying just a little creepy. i think that it's unwarranted uh, and you think that dude holding that puppy it's cute he might have held he might have just drowned that puppy in a bucket of water right after that you don't know why would you say that when he got you food and you swiped on him i'm just saying the yeah, aesthetic dog he likes dog even if it's not his dog it's probably not his dog okay that was a real cutesy dog for a dude usually dudes have like they don't have cutesy dogs <laughs> like um like that little dog but that means that he at the very least likes dogs now i have thought about if somebody that has their own dogs because I do want somebody that likes dogs because I have dogs. What that would mean for if we got together. Kingston's on his way out. <laughs> That's the cold part. That's the cold part. It's, I'm not trying to be cold, but like by the time by the time we got to know each other and got to a place where we would want to get engaged and start talking about moving in, he's probably going to be on his way out. So then it's only like Remy and it's like two dogs. And Remy's a lot more friendly than Kingston. And so I feel like Remy would get along with a new dog way. Kingston, ain't, this ain't finna do it. Kingston don't even like Remy. He lived with him. So mm -hmm. that's how I'm. <laughs> and I hope Kingston lives for another six, seven years. But the lifespan for his breed, mm, I don't know.
It just depends. I've taken good care of him though. He's healthy, so like hopefully, but just saying. It's not we wouldn't have three dogs for a long time. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Whatever. So but that's the best way to get a dog lover is somebody that has a dog. Cause they're gonna understand the relationship between owner and dog as opposed to somebody that don't really give a fuck about dogs. Maybe. But I need somebody that is a lover of dogs to the same degree as me. Because <laughs> somebody that like is extreme, I can't uh, we might have a problem because I still have boundaries. Like Remy don't sleep on my bed, okay? Because Remy shed like a motherfucker. Now Remy's allowed on the couch, okay? I accept that it's gonna be dog hair on my couch, and I, you know, I'll vacuum it up before some, if I know somebody coming over. You know, I'll get the dog hair off the couch. It's not a lot, but it is. It, there is dog hair present in my bed. I don't want no motherfucking dog hair. I don't. So he don't lay on my bed, he don't sleep in my bed. Neither one of them at this point sleep on my bed because Kingston's too old to jump up there. I ain't finna pick his ass up, put him on there. So he just sleep by my bed. Mm-hmm. So somebody that was like really hardcore loving their dog and has to snuggle with the dog every night, that's going to be a problem. Like, it's too much. Just maybe he can sleep on the floor like the rest of the dogs. You know, in a bed, we get him a nice, super nice dog bed. He can sleep in that, but not, not in, not in our bed. I'm sorry. Okay. So, that's it. That was the only scenario that we had. So, um, if you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartists at gmail dot com, or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Con Artists, and do it that way. We didn't get any response about the. Um, live show as a like what we did we did yeah uh colin sent me a message about the 15th but we're gonna be gone okay so oh yeah we're gonna be gone we're gonna be gone to sit we're gonna be in atlanta we'll be at six flags we'll have a six flag story to tell y'all for that Mm, week maybe why do you mean maybe what why wouldn't we have a six flag story maybe it's just gonna be a regular ass boring ass trip with no stories to tell maybe I doubt it. Cause That's like, why I said maybe, maybe. You see a lot. So it's only Honda employees, but they obviously, you know, bring their kids and shit. And you see a lot of shit. We, we probably, we'll probably have some stories. Is it like Honda South Honda? Like Honda South or is people from all over, or all Six Flags bought out by Honda on that day and you go to your respective Six Flags around Honda? What do you think? I don't know. The number of people that are there makes me feel like it's not just one plant. So it may be like oh, it definitely southern. can't be one plant, but I was just assuming that the close who whatever close I don't know if the other six flags to. are closed down on that day. I'm not sure. I I would think they would probably do it on different days as opposed to that same day cuz like they're not going to make they make a flat rate, I guess, when they do that, as opposed to like people just coming to the park. So, and I imagine Honda won't want their production to shut down fully on everywhere. One day. So, like, they probably if, even if they do do it for other places with a Six Flags nearby, it's probably not on the same day. So, the line we need to get there early. The lines were not that bad because it's you know we got there pretty early. 
the lines aren't that bad because it ain't a ton of people and they do feed us but the food last year was not that great okay so just be prepared we might have to like get something to eat on the way back <laughs> All right. it was like hamburgers and hot dogs and chips. what time do the park open 11 their time which is what 10 our time we can have this conversation later yeah uh, either way yeah oh yeah they, they don't care um <laughs> Either way, what day did we say we were gonna do it on the twenty second? Yeah, the week after the the Saturday after that. Yeah, so I'll talk with Colin again and see when a better day might be. But yeah, then that Saturday, or if we needed to be on Saturday instead of Sunday, which would be better for people. But now send us your input to see what, see how y'all feel about it. If you want, let be us know part of it. But I want I want Colin to be a part of it regardless, since he ain't been able to be a part of them lately. Yeah. Um. Okay, I haven't caught the dancing man yet, but I plan to do it. So hopefully next week I can tell y'all more about the dancing man. Okay. Um, I don't want to be like that creepy person. <laughs> he looks young too. Like I got a better look at him. He mm-hmm. looks young, like not like high school young, but like right out of high school young. I don't know. Anyhow, um, let's see here. So a judge temporarily blocked the Louisiana school from enforcing natural hair policy. Uh, after a video of a, of a girl crying after being asked to leave school for wearing braids in Louisiana went viral, her parents took the issue to court. Now a district judge has sided with the girl's family by blocking uh, Christ the King Elementary School. That What a name. <laughs> Christ is the king. Not like LeBron. <laughs> from um from enforcing their natural hair policy the school says 11 year old faith kennedy and another girl were removed from class and accused of violating a rule that prohibits extensions wigs and hair pieces of any kind the lawsuit suggested the school uh, accuses the institution of discrimination claiming the policy had a disparate impact on black female students the lawsuit also says that only black girls have been inspected and punished for wearing extensions. The families believe the school's policy should result in um, a lawsuit. So. Hmm. Because white people, white girls wear extensions. They do. Like, I, everybody always make it seem like weave is just like a black thing. There are plenty of white girls. I can assure you. That if you look at 10 white girls with long hair past their shoulders and you inspect them, at least five of them, their hair is not theirs. <laughs> they yeah. wear extensions, yo. They do. They are targeting specific styles. They are not targeting styles that look like. Because technically a sew-in wouldn't fall in line with that. It wouldn't. Well, the white person probably barely be able to tell that's a sew-in. But on a black person, you can tell that this person has a sew-in. If you're black, you can. Yeah. Well, and, I think white people, because white people don't believe that we grow long hair. So if you come to school with hair past shoulders, I think they feel like, oh, that must be weed. They don't, I don't believe think we so. grow hair. Really? I I do think so, but I don't think that they would discriminate on hair that would come down and... I don't think they would discriminate on hair that looked like a white girl hair, even if it's fake. Well, I said extensions and wigs. I think, well, I think that they looking for them extravagant hairstyle. I think they looking for braids. I think they looking for 
Stuff like that. Braids ain't extravagant. Braids are extravagant. That's what the girl had on the faith. That's what she had. Mm-hmm. She, had she had long braids. And the principal talked about how the girls swing the braids and sometimes how they could be distracting. White girls swing their hair all the damn time. But I had a little client with a little swoop. It was a boy and it drove me crazy. The entire time he was <laughs> swinging his head to get the little swoop out. It's like so he was white. Yeah. Okay. He was. You know, black kids ain't gonna have no swoop where they can. <laughs> they could have had that James Brown or that Chuck Berry. Oh, white. What black, black, young black kids you just see with a James Brown or a Chuck Berry? <laughs> don't, don't make us get on Google and go find a kid with a perm because <laughs> it boys out here got perms. That ain't even a thing no more. Like people's doing that when Snoop was doing it. Like these young boys, young rappers these, and stuff, don't do that shit. These boxes and high top fades one in since the nineties and now they back. Yeah, but like I ain't seen nobody with no swoop and no no. <laughs> but anyway, this little white boy, the entire time in our session was throwing his hand because his little swoop kept getting in his eyes and like he styled it that way he could very easily style his hair in a way where it won't be in his face and he won't be swinging his hand but it's how he styled his hair so he was swinging his swoop that level of swing is acceptable so 95.7 jams it's a radio show in birmingham in birmingham alabama and i follow the host and she posted a picture of a white news or sports news broadcaster. Uh-huh, they got braids. They got braids. Yep. And it was like, is this okay? And I was appalled at how many people was like, you know, black people wear weaves and extension, uh, weaves and long blonde hair. So we don't have room to criticize a white person for wearing you know, putting braids in their hair. But we get criticized for wearing those same braids, so that's why it's a problem. Well, not not even that. Not even that. You're not going to draw a parallel between us wearing their hair and them wearing our hair because in our history, we have been forced to participate in white culture in order to be included. Afro was regarded as you being a rebel or a Black Panther Mm -hmm. or a it back in the day so not only were you not getting jobs and included you were getting followed by the fbi i.e angela davis mm-hmm. you know but she was actually a panther so you know but <laughs> either way if you had a natural fro that's how they looked at you my mom had a big ass red afro red which makes no sense because she when i dyed my hair red she was like why you that when you gonna change then you have a red afro okay leave me alone braids have been regarded as unprofessional Mm -hmm. your natural afro has been regarded as unprofessional they have lost you opportunities yeah if you didn't have it i went to go get a security job when i worked at auburn and i had cornrows and they told me and my cousin that we had to cut our hair off if we want that job we did not get that job that is something that has always been a problem in white america giving black people a job how your hair looks they want you to have a low haircut all around and the problem is because my hair grow different than patrick hair you know six inches on him fall lightly slightly over his head and six inches for me grow straight up Mm -hmm. but mine look unprofessionally his is see that's the problem so you can't create that parallel between us and them because they told us you have to do this shit 
And not only that, but when we do our shit the way that they practicing it now, we've been told we can't have a job and we can't participate because you look like this. They get to participate in our shit and then take it down the next day and just go on with life as usual. I was very concerned when I graduated about getting a job because I, you know, I had one, I had natural hair. Okay. And I had dyed it like a really bright red. And I talked to my intern supervisor at the time who was white. And I asked her if she felt like it was going to impede me in getting a job because I was, I was concerned because I, I, I didn't want to have to, I, I wasn't going to ever like straighten my hand shit. I just ain't finna do that. But the red color was more what I was like, do I need to change it? Because I really didn't want to, because it's very much a part of, you know, who, who I am now. So I wanted to keep it. She told me that in this field, she didn't think I was going to have a problem depending on what kind of agency, you know, nonprofit work, I would probably be okay. And that's what I've been doing actually. And they actually, I did my internship at, at the same place that I'm working at now. They offered me a job, but that was also based on them getting to know me, seeing my, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody that didn't know me at all and hadn't seen me in practice. I don't know how that would go. Hell, I don't know how I'm trying to get a new job now. Don't know how it's going to go. Cause I don't want to change my hair. I don't feel like I should have to. It's right. not distracting. It's it's just how my hair grow. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't help that it don't it don't fall down and flow like like Becky's. I can't you know. Ain't nothing I can do about it. Cause what I'm not finna do is damage my hair to look like theirs. Because that's what ends up happening when you continuously straighten your hair. It damages it. It's not good for your hairs. To try to go against the grain. So. Well, I don't like it. I do not like these schools. Policing children. Well, I'm glad that so they they have to stop suspending kids for right now. Like it's a temporary thing. But they're blocking them for from enforcing that rule. So right now girls won't get, you know, kicked out of school for wearing braids. And the crazy thing is it's a Christian school. Mm-hmm. You know, the come as you are people. <laughs> Don't That's come bullshit. as you are. No, don't come as you come are. Come as we want you to come, yep. or don't come at all. Come at what's acceptable to us, whatever that is, because, you know, there are churches that you can wear whatever you want, and there are churches if you just come in with sweatpants on, you're going to feel real out of place because everybody else going to have on the best suit, the best dress, and you're going to look crazy, and they're going to treat you crazy too. So that's sad, but I am glad that it, the the courts got involved and for at least right now, who knows what the end verdict will be, but for at least right now, little girls don't have to get kicked out of school for being who they are. Braids are part of our culture, man. It's crazy that a judge even had to stop it. Mm-hmm. you that think bullshit. that the school itself would recognize it, but... It's bullshit. It's no more, you know... And I just can't imagine the little girl just sitting in class, just swinging. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because why the fuck would she be doing that? <laughs> Principals don't even be in class, and they haven't been in class long enough for that Mm-mm. to see what her behavior is with her hair. 
Nope. It happened to a little boy with dreads too. And they start calling him locks. A little boy with locks. He the same thing happened to him. They sent him home because his hair. They didn't cut his hair, did they? No, not this kid. They just sent him home. His mama came to get him. I'm saying his mom didn't cut his hair. No, no, another Christian school. <sighs> what know. the fuck? Taking these kids to these Christian schools, these private schools. Man. Because they think that it's gonna be a better environment for the kid. That they're not gonna, they're not gonna encounter some of the other stuff that people believe kids encounter in public school. Not, it's not true, but parents feel like. It's going to be a better environment, and so they send them. Especially if they're religious, they feel like you know they're going to get Jesus while they're in school too. It's great. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Well, I'm glad that in, at least in this case, it was ruled to be stupid and validated the little girl because that's good for her. You know what I'm saying? Like being kicked out of school for your braids. That's what I'm saying. Like. As black parents have to have so many conversations with their kids about bullshit. Yeah. Oh. You can uh you can continue with your stories because they fall in the same categories. Okay. The cat suit and um. Yeah. The pole. So, Serena Williams, the amazing, talented. Scare everybody else in the world of tennis. Serena Williams worked with, I want to say Nike, and she has cat suits. They are meant for sports, okay? It's a cat suit meant for sports. They are banning her from wearing that cat suit at the French Open. And the only reason that it's being banned is because of what her body looks like. Because if one of these other white tennis players put this bodysuit on, it's going to look different because they have a different body type. You know, they're trying to police Serena's body by saying you need to basically wear something that's going to cover that shit up in a way we find acceptable. Because she covered it in a cat suit, but because it clings to her body, it's a problem. And it's just policing black bodies and not, you know, she can't help what she look like. You know what I'm saying? That's just what she look like. Um, The French Tennis Federation said that Serena's tight black cat suit isn't going to cut it next year because of a new dress code that has been put in place after players' fits were a little too much for some to handle. I believe we have gone too far. Serena's outfit this year, for example, would no longer be accepted. French Tennis Federation President Bernard Goudicelli, I know I said that wrong, said, the news comes as a shock to some since Serena dedicated the little cat suit to all the moms out there who have had a tough pregnancy. Again, it's because of what she looks like. So, the world, I want to say America, but the world, yeah, because this is in has France. had an issue with policing black bodies, with believing in the trope of black people being extremely sexualized, and so they look at the shape of the black body, or the or, or the shape shape of the black woman body, or the the muscular black male, and they just think sexualized. 
it don't have anything to do with what she's wearing and everything to do with their perception of Serena Williams and generally the black body. And he said that the main dude say there need to be some kind of level of professionalism or respect for the sport or something. Mm-hmm. What about wearing a cat suit does not respect the sport? I guess it's more an indicator of what that man kinks are and his perception of what a cat suit means in other places. She's just wearing a piece of clothing that does not have any loose hanging edges that helps in the context of a tennis match. Yep. But they can't see it past the body that's in it. They can't see it for anything else but the body that's in it. And they have always had an issue with Serena's body. When they attack her and want, because they can't attack her skill. Okay. You cannot attack her fucking skill. You just can't. So what they decide to do is attack her body and they always got shit to say. She's too muscular. She's She looks like a man. Like people have always had shit to say about her body. Because you can't attack her talent. She tests for steroids more than anybody else. Because they can't believe that she's doing this without Anybody else. They can't believe that she has the physique she has and the skills she has and the dominance she has on her own hard work ethic and merit. She got to be on steroids. On some kind of steroids. Mm-hmm. And they test her twice as much as everybody else. This was a recent story. Mm-hmm. So they sent somebody to her house to drug test her. She was not home. And they said they would wait for her to get there. This was the third time this year she's tested when everybody else has tested once. And testing clean. All of her drugs is clean. Because she's not on a steroid. She just is that fucking good. She just is good. That's what it is. She has a natural God-given talent to play tennis and fuck up everybody else on the court. And people have a problem with that. So we got to find a reason. We got to find something. It's got to be something. Because it can't be that this black woman is just doing this. She got to have some kind of assistance. So let's just randomly drug test her. We're going to find out the truth. When the truth is, she's just a badass tennis player. She can fuck up anybody on the court. That's the truth. That's what it is. Nike tweeted that uh, a picture of her in the cat suit saying, you can take the superhero out of her costume, but you can never take away her superpowers. Yep. Because she Hashtag has a contract with them. It. And I, she she made light of the situation. I mean, she's just, you know, she ain't even tripping about Because she situation. used to it at this point. She said, everything's fine, guys. When it comes to fashion, you don't want to be a repeat offender. You know, and and that's the essence of what it's like in the worst ways to be black. It's overt for Serena Williams. I mean, she's drug testing more than everybody. They're targeting the clothes that she wear moving forward. And her response is to say, that's just how it is. It's all right. It's fine. That's what she used to. we have to do way more often than not. Mm-hmm. We just have to accept that how we treat it is just how we're going to be treated sometimes. She can put on a trash bag. She's still going to dominate. That's just what it is. <laughs> like you, you could change her outfit. That's fine. But she's going to go out there and she's going to dominate whatever player you put before her because that's what the fuck she does. Okay. She won Wimbledon pregnant. <laughs> she was already pregnant. <laughs> she's a beast. She's, she's so talented. 
that's just what it is but i think at this point she's used to it and she just let her her because they talk about her but guess what i got all these goddamn awards and i won all of these tournaments and i'm gonna let that speak for itself you can tell you about my body you can talk about you feel like i'm on drugs. you do all of that but my records speak for themselves ain't shit you can do about it serena williams is amazing period and they just gonna have to deal and unfortunately because they can't deal this is what they decide to do and the last of my stories that include this is there was a teacher um she was north carolina middle school teacher was suspended from her job after some messy administrators found out that she's also a part-time pole dancing instructor which has nothing to do with what she does at school um according to the griot candace mason was brought um was brought on to teach at west hoke county middle school a couple of weeks ago she was happy about the new job until one of her pole dancing videos that she posted on her private facebook page somehow made its way to the desk of her new boss and co-workers candace received a letter shortly after that she was being suspended she said that she was getting ready for the new year when she received the news that she was going on a little vacation when i was suspended i was humiliated the superintendent principal and another employee were in a room and berated me for my pole dancing i don't like it it's just another instance of policing um black bodies now a pole is involved so the dialogue that me and red was having beforehand and the way that i feel is that it don't have to be sexual because it's a pole okay i want you to before you continue that here i'm trying to watch it oh i got it pulled up that's what i was saying here it's a clip of her it's censored because she got a thong on <laughs> i don't want to see it censored you want to see her ass <laughs> i mean you can tell even with the censor that she has on a thong and that's why they censored it out but her so is it the combination of her having a thong on and being on a pole yes. or if she was at a beach do we think it would be like if she had a video of her walking down the beach just doing a little twirl they still would have look so i got a cousin in that taught in georgia and she went on vacation and she posted pictures from her vacation and one of the pictures that she posted was of her in a bikini okay wasn't it wasn't even no like thong you know what i'm saying it was a regular bikini like it wasn't extra sexy or it wasn't a thong bottom or none of that and they they fired her from the school i mean she went on to get a job teaching overseas in dubai making crazy money and getting to see all kind of shit but they fired her for having on a bikini and it was a picture it wasn't a video so yeah if she had been walking down the the beach in the video of her in a thong twirling they still would have that this would still be a problem because for my cousin um it was a problem and she just was in a picture with a bikini on minding her business because she was on vacation and that's what people wear on vacation at a beach <laughs> you don't go to a beach fully covered up it's not how that works it's a beach so this is not a thong oh what is it why they cover her what do you call up? these 
Let's see. Oh, shit. You can't tell me this ain't sexual. But wait a minute. Oh, yeah. That's not a thong. I need to see the back of her ass. She's dancing. That's not a thong. It's not a thong. It's like, um, what are they called? It's a, so uh, you're a dude, so you probably don't know this. <laughs> there are like I don't even know how many cuts of women's underwear. Okay, when we like y'all have like a few. You have boxer, you have boxer briefs. Y'all have a few, but we have many cuts. Okay, you have boy shorts, you have thongs, you have. There's a bunch of different cuts. So her c- is the cut right before a thong, and I can't remember what the name of it is. But it isn't regular underwear. This ain't no worse than what would be at your community pool. Yeah. But again, I think it's the combination of what she has on and she swing that her dancing is sexual. This little She's, span, the little span she doing right now, the stuff she doing right there, this is no different than what they would be ooh. doing in a in a ballet type situation to me. Like half of that, she has some sexual moves, but pole don't have to be it's it not exclusively sexual well but we have to talk about hers specifically because that her specifically is why she got fired so like well, it is, doing uh, it in general well for this story i understand i understand why the schools did what they did i don't agree i don't agree because yeah she's doing what she's doing but i believe if she was doing the most masculine ass spinning on the pole and movements <laughs> on the pole or not doing any sexual moves on the pole just fitness related moves on the pole i think the problem is that how those administrators how they interpreted that pole itself yeah. was through the lens by which we we interpret it which is of a sexual nature because yeah. it's connected to strippers and it's in the context of a society that already stigmatizes embracing sexuality and I don't think it's anything that she could have done to not get there. Like, you can't have pole as a hobby in a profession like a teacher. No. Well, you can. You just can't post nothing about it. You can't put it out where where people can see it. You can. I mean, there's teachers that drink and smoke weed and just don't record yourself doing it. But... um. I took a pole dancing class and the pole dancing class I took was meant to because there was like this white girl that was real um I don't was I don't the word that came to mind was frigid and that's mean but she wasn't very comfortable in her body okay she, she wasn't small but she wasn't really big I think she was somebody that had lost some weight but anyway the class was it was exercise based but it also had an aspect of feeling empowered by your sexuality so we did a lot of floor work like the songs were very sexual i did my um <laughs> we had to do a recital i did my recital of darling nikki by prince have you ever heard that song the it starts off with i knew a girl named nikki i guess you could say she was a sex fiend mm-hmm. i met her in a hotel lobby masturbating to a magazine that was <laughs> that's the first line of the song and that was the song I did my recital to. And I picked the song, but the reason why I picked the sexual song, actually, we had danced to that song. I, I don't think I had ever heard Darling Nikki before I took this class. And 
everybody picked a sexual song the songs we danced to were sexual songs but it was amazing exercise I, it gave me a respect for strippers because that shit is hard up you have to have a lot of upper body strength you have to have a lot of lower body strength holding yourself up twirling around that pole and keeping a certain stance is not easy it is very good exercise i felt very worked out every time i left that class and we did it for like an hour and so listen if if the lady i'm dating or my fiance or whoever at that point in the relationship take a pole class it better be sexual <laughs> like she ain't gonna come in here just climbing up a pole and sliding down like a damn firefighter <laughs> you know i expect it in certain content like if you choose a class to go to yeah uh that's not fitness related i mean you know but it was like i wish i could she I, maybe i could think i wonder if she still does a class she advertises it like it's really good exercise like that's what she average and then you get in there and it is still exercise based because we have to stretch beforehand like but again all the songs she played darling she played a lot of prince uh so well, r it, kelly which was weird for me <laughs> it also sounds like a lot of it also sounds like a lot of what she was intending to do was to help open up the you know sexuality of people who mm -hmm. might not have had it because that white girl struggled boy so she... every one of them ain't like that every yeah. one of them ain't gonna be like that and i'm saying that looking at her do that work i feel like her class is like the class i took i don't think that her class would be um exercise focused it seems like she would be somebody that would also be encouraging people to like you know be more comfortable in their bodies uh, and by the end the white girl did a very good um she did a very good recital and she wasn't as like nervous as she was in the beginning like she still wasn't as open as like our, our instructor was going upside down and she gets do the i can't do the leg spread i i feel like that's something that you have to learn to do when you're young when you're still limber i'm not limber and so <laughs> Like trying to do a split now would break something. So, but she was able to do all of that shit. Like the class started out with her just like doing a routine, nigga. She was amazing. <laughs> shit she could do on that pole, hands up, hats off to her because I can't do it. Um, but she was in amazing shape. Her arms were very toned. Her legs were very toned. Amazing shape. Amazing. Because you have to be. Man, I just feel like these kind of situations are opportunities to help children realize that everything don't have to be sexualized. You know, it don't have to be. We over-sexualize stuff in society that we're afraid of because we want to uh, oppress our kids' sexuality so that they don't have sex and we don't want them to because it's a Christian-based nation. Which and especially in the Bible Belt. But what it really does is it suppresses your ability to actually even appropriately display your sexual uh sexual side and you know adhere to your sexual pleasures it, it subdues all of that mm -hmm. and this is a, things like this is an opportunity to say you know miss mason in her spare time uh teaches pole and educate them about that you know pole is a measure of fitness i know that in the world it's get a bad rap because 
when you see movies and stuff like that, you only see them in, in, in the world of stripping, but there are other environments that this in, and it should not be intimidating. It should not be something that is classified as sexualized. And it's also something that, you know, um, don't have to be done in, in your bikini or whatnot. Yeah, it did. and and but we I didn't. just feel like if she was fully clothed, it'll still be a problem. It probably would have been, but we didn't. And do. I feel like if there was no pole and she just had on what the bikini she had on, walking through the beach doing a twirl, it'll still be a problem. Yeah. So what are we teaching kids? What are we teaching the youth in these situations when a teacher who just showing some skin? Because this ain't the first. Like it's teachers that really have not been a pole. They just had on. Mm-hmm. Bikinis and stuff, and they and they've been called. What are we teaching the kids? You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's teaching the kids anything positive. It's teaching the kids. I better not show no skin. It's teaching the kids. I better not participate in these activities that may or may not be harmless, depending on the context. But this was a teachable moment, and and America just never get teachable moments right. Well, they suspended, not fired. I don't know how long. She'll be suspended. What they, gonna, for, what they gonna do? The video's everywhere now. What they gonna do? Make her stop doing poll? Make her stop posting it. Well, what if she don't post it? What if somebody else posted? Would it may have made a difference if somebody else posted this? Probably even not. though it was against her will. No, because it's the fact that she's doing it that they got a problem with. Mm-hmm. But again, that goes for drinking and anything else that they may find. You just don't teachers don't advertise it because they know that it could impact their career so they don't advertise it and this would be the same thing you just ain't gonna be able to have videos out there which sucks for her because she actually has a business she does dance class and so to to entice people to come she does have to show her ability and she does have to show what you could potentially learn by coming to her class and so she would have videos out there that were based on trying to attract business. But what are, what are we gonna say about like what are we gonna say about a teacher that does uh, that does ballet that it, that do some sexualized dance moves in her ballet? Ballet you know isn't look the same as like pole dancing. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it's another opportunity to look at a black body and police it and say what you can and can't do. Now I don't know what would happen if she was white. I feel like that same shit, especially at a Christian school. I feel like if she was white and this they, was a Christian school, uh huh. No, 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 it wasn't. That was the other. Oh school. yeah, yeah. This is school in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I hope the same thing would happen. I feel like it would have because pole dancing is looked at bad across the board. Because there are white strippers. There, are, there are clubs that you can go to that only have white women. They white the gentlemen clubs and shit. And it's still looked down on. Like stripping in general is just not does not have a good rap. So, I, I white black whoever's on the pole, I feel like they're gonna have a problem with it. So we, you know, when it looked up the origin of pole dancing mm-hmm. because you know I had hypothesized that this might have been a part of some kind of old ritual dances back in the day. It turns out the first instance of pole showed up in the nineteen twenties for circus in acts. the circus. Yeah. But we're so far removed from that now. Like the same way that I said, there are people that are using pole for exercise purposes. I feel like maybe if that becomes like a huge thing, we can move away from pole being so. I don't think so. Demonized. Because you got to go out of your way to see pole. I mean, pole is 
So it's the girl in one of the face groups I'm in who has led a very strong campaign to disconnect the sexual nature of pole dancing from actual pole fitness mm-hmm. through dialogue, through not. I think that's the difference in the classes. If it says pole fitness, that is different from a pole dancing class. I feel like that's the difference, maybe, when it says pole fitness. Because mine was just pole dancing, and it was very sexualized. So, like, pole fitness might be a bit different. And she's led a very, very strong campaign indicating how, you know, it's looked at as being sexualized. And it it creates a bias upon how it, like, even with dudes that she date, it means that she used to date. She married now, but the dudes that she used to date, when they find out she do pole, the first thing that go to them is just getting them a little pole dancing show. Well, and I think because where people, where most people see poles is at with strippers. Like yeah, I mean, you have to I, go I, out of your way to see poles. I understand fitness. it. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You you don't see it commonly anywhere. Mm-mm. But that's you know, what I'm saying. I feel like if it became more common and it was a lot more pole fitness that was going on, the same way that it used to be for circus acts, and now we don't even know, nobody even knows that that's the origin because we've moved so far away from it. We could move away from this, but it, it would take a lot of time and it would take a, a influx of pole fitness to to remove that stigma of, of strippers from it. Because right now, most people only know it for the strippers. And I just especially think, the ones that go to the club. <laughs> and I just think it's a bigger diagnosis of society than it is about the wrongdoing of this woman. Well, they suspended her ass, but they didn't fire her, so it, you know she can go back. I don't know how long she'll be suspended for, but if she wants to, she can go back. You know she gonna want to go back after that shit because it's like what what is the condition of her getting unsuspended? If a condition is her no longer doing it and she make money from it. That might be a problem. You know what I'm saying? Like it's her side business, obviously. Okay, so imagine me swiping on Tinder, and I swipe somebody relatively attractive, and we start having a conversation. Now this will never happen with me, but. <laughs> She says, uh, there is a concert going on this Saturday. We should meet up there and go to it. Sounds relatively safe. You know a lot what of I'm people saying? at a concert. Because a lot of people there. It's in daytime. It's in public. Yeah. And I I said, okay, cool. I would never I would never meet with somebody that early in a open environment. I don't know what they are, I don't know what they do. You would meet with them that early. What no, you mean? I want. I need to know more about their personality first. Oh, so to, like you mean that early in the conversation? Yeah, like I, you would need to get yeah, to know them. Yeah, I more. need to have been talking to you for about a week before I want to meet you because, you know, what if you what if you want me to meet out there and your boyfriend across the street? You just want him to see you with some random dude. <laughs> I don't know. I need to know. I need to know more about you before before I get to that point. And so I, but I, I agree, and I go, and and I see her, um. And she says she tell you what a stage at the stage is there, and you you there waiting for her, and you see her walking up with bodyguards, and then you see her walk up onto the stage, and now at this point I'm looking like what the hell, and she get on the mic and say something along the lines of, "Hey, everybody that showed up here today, 
this is a competition for one of y'all to win being able to go on a date with me. Nigga, what? This shit happened. I'm finna leave. I'm gonna go back to my motherfucking car and I'm gonna leave. What the fuck? So she just invited a bunch of dudes. She invited more than 200 dudes. They messaged about a thousand. About 200 of them showed up and 50 of them stayed after they realized that this was some bullshit. And it's a video on YouTube called The Tinder Trap. That's what this was. What was she? So how were you going to compete for her affections? Was this like the Hunger Games and shit? What the fuck? Okay. She said, this was about delivering an important message. She says, we're using our phones on a day-to-day basis and kind of just setting these high expectations and high standards for everyone. I think the message behind it is how can we stop doing that online and just be more open to the human experience and just universal love. And I think that people in Tinder are very cruel. Now, what of those 50 guys, she had them do bullshit like see who ran the fastest, see who could do the most push-ups. The shit that she's saying she is against by showing that message of having universal love. She is actually stigmatizing and isolating different dudes out by traits that they don't have. How is that fucking universal love? <sighs> I'm more concerned about the 50 niggas that stayed because they obviously have some issues because who the fuck again, I'm going to imagine if she went to this, this, this measure this far it's gonna be some hunger game shit i'm gonna be scared i'm leaving this is weird this is crazy the fact that 50 niggas was like okay i still want to go out with her so what i need to do (laughs) so we wanted to showcase that and say that this is wrong whether it's online or in real life bitch she explained as a woman or man you have the idea of the person you're meant to be with or you're supposed to be with and in actuality that person might be something completely out of your expectations now she weeds out potential suitors for characteristics such as being too short or wearing khakis before having the remaining men compete in events such as foot races in order to land a date with her so she immediately cut out dudes that was too short and dudes that had on khakis how is that universal love you gonna they already probably have a complex well not the khakis but the short dudes already probably have a complex and now you didn't automatically got booted out of a competition she is superficially deciding who she wants to move forward in this competition with her under the guise that she's supposed to be practicing some kind of universal love i just they don't, don't even go together i look <laughs> what the fuck is this? it ain't like you can do none of that shit happen to you but have been a sucker that's why i was just what i'm saying like okay i got sucker you got me bitch but i'm leaving <laughs> but I'm you still lose you still lost you did you got it ain't like you leaving in some kind of consolation she didn't take, give a fuck about you from the beginning take that l I would just have to take that L and leave, like, and learn something that maybe you need to talk to these bitches for a little bit longer before you decide to go meet them. Learn a lesson. Take the L. Move. Just go home. The fifty niggas that stayed. I just. <laughs> what? What you expect? What? What do you mean? 
need everybody to leave. <laughs> That's what I expect. What would you Imagine, say? Listen, shit, they swiped on everybody that would swipe on her. Imagine how many socially crippled dudes in such deep dire need to that have an interaction with a girl that was competition horrible would for. because those dudes are the ones that would never ever make it through these competitions i'm just saying <laughs> there are personalities that will stay here when you consider what kind of personalities be on on these sites i'm just saying it's sad and i'm saying that they're probably the ones that were gonna get eliminated on some bullshit because superficially they're not gonna have what she's looking for if you stay because a dude who who has all the characteristics needed for him to attract a woman he ain't gonna stay because he ain't gotta stay because he got other options he got other he gonna <laughs> he ain't gotta stay people that don't are the ones that were gonna stay and they were gonna get booted out on some superficial shit it sound like so the last thing she said to the report is all it is is the vehicle between two people right Speaking of those online apps, I think as our technology improves, we're able to connect with more people, but at the same time, we're losing in empathy, and that's what we're empathizing. I just don't understand how she feels that she could be somehow supporting empathy by not being able to put herself in the shoes of these men that she has lied to, manipulated, and wrong to get to this situation to be a part of a video that she and the producer are ultimately trying to gain some notoriety from that is just wrong to me and an easy way to get kid talk about talking about creating a tender killer somebody who didn't think they was a tender killer before they got to the situation oh yeah she created another like it's got to be dudes heated about that job hell yeah she that why and she she knew which is why she had the motherfucking bodyguards because she knew that niggas was gonna be mad and if she was just there by herself she probably got fucked up but you know i wanted to bring that up as utterly disrespectful it is um i'm gonna go i'm gonna do two stories you did two stories okay two, two stories. uh this ain't a big story but uh well, I guess it is a huge story, actually. John McCain died. Yes, he did. Um, of brain cancer. Cancer is trash. And he just decided he was doing the treatments, but the treatments are so hard on them. They keep you alive for as long as you own them. Like, and you're going to have to be connected to them for as long as you own them. And, and they are painful. They are not, you know, it ain't a, you alive, but it ain't like a. Uh, happy like the quality of life is low yeah and he just decided to stop doing the treatments and so and died shortly after yeah and uh and i was listening to a uh podcast the love life of an asian guy he is a social justice advocate he has a page on Facebook in which he talk about all of the social issues, colorism, whitewashing, racism, all of that jazz. And he's a very popular, popular activist. Um, but he did a podcast after John McCain died, pretty much going in on him. And I was reading the comments and it was a lot of people who was like, you know, I can't get with this. You know, you're not letting this soul rest and all kind of comments about that you know that. that when people die folks feel like because they're dead you have to say nice things and if you say things that are not nice people get upset it don't matter how much of an asshole somebody was and not to say john mckay was well yeah 
but it don't matter what who they were in life in death people just feel like it's disrespectful to say mean stuff or, or, or even if it's true even if it's shit that's true about that person they have a problem with it so that's our culture he ran down john mccain's track record of things like using the term gook in referring to Philippine people of Filipino origin because those are the people that kidnapped him. That's rude. Uh, and uh, and he was very, through most of his life, he was very unapologetic about using the term. And, and the guy was like, I understand that he was a prisoner of war. He got caught. Um, but in context, he was in a plane dropping bombs down indiscriminately on people women children enemies whoever uh before his plane went down and he was actually captured so in context he was doing something horrific and then something horrific happened back to him so i don't buy the now these are these are his words to god i don't buy that defense of you know but it made me think of how much credence should you give somebody that has a problematic past that may have moved from that problematic past to a less problematic present? Because even going back to 1991, he wasn't an advocate for uh, celebrating Martin Luther King as as a uh, not Martin Luther King. It was about it was an LGBT. It was about more business restrictions for uh, mm-hmm. businesses where if they discriminated on LGBT people, you know, now later on in his life, he acknowledged that the the Martin Luther King thing was a mistake. He at some point stopped using that problematic language saying that, you know, it's problematic. He's not going to say it. He at some point started supporting, you know, the legislation uh, supporting LGBT. He, you know, re- most recently did not let that Trump shit get uh, through. Yeah, he was the one down. vote. Yeah. So the question becomes, when somebody dies that has a problematic past but a not so problematic present, what do you do? Like, how do you, can you, can you see that person? Are you supposed to see that person outside of the past and focus only on what they were today? Or do you look at the total sum of that person? Or do you always look at that past and that history as overshadowing whatever they even became? I mean, you know, doing doing the work that we do, we have to believe that the people are capable of change. The problem comes in. I think the the answer to your question is going to depend on the person. I think everybody has their own way of looking at people's full life, right? Some people are able to say, you know what, they did some fucked up shit, but then they turned it around and they was all right by the time they died. Other people, all they can see is the fucked up shit. And sometimes because that of that, they believe that there are people that are gonna that that may feel like, well, he did all of that so he could get reelected, or he did all, you know what I'm saying? Like he had ulterior motives for supporting LGBT legislation, or he had ulterior motives for uh, recanting the shit he had said in the past. You know, there are people gonna feel like he wasn't sincere, and so even with him doing the good stuff they may not believe that it was actually good stuff. I mean, it just is going to depend on the person. Some people, 
you know I have an issue believing people can change when it comes to shit like racism and I don't expect somebody from the Philippines who had somebody that directly called their culture a, a derogatory name that to be forgiving of a person mm-hmm. like John McCain that's why but, I say it depends on the person it depends on your outlook like I said I believe I, in change so I also think that we could look at Martin Luther King doing what he's doing for the black woman and we taking that the the history of him having interracial interracial relationships you know and sex with white women and we could look at anything from anybody's past mm-hmm. and say this is why their legacy shouldn't be honored and I just don't know the measure by which you determine if their legacy should be honored. Now, I mean, an 81 year old man in America is going to have had a level of racism and a level of fighting against things that were supposed to help oppressed and subjugated groups move forward. I just don't know what that means for how we supposed to treat their legacy. Should we should it be called a legacy? Again, I think it's going to depend on the part because, like, even with your Martin Luther King example, I feel like because of what he did for black folks, black folks specifically are are not going to focus on him having the interracial relationships. And but white, you know, it just it's going to depend on the part. I don't know that we can have a universal rule about how we look at people's lives. So I'm gonna go with Hamilton. A quote from Hamilton is that he said what is a legacy a legacy is planting seeds in a garden that you never get to see mm-hmm. and when i look at martin luther king jr i really believe he planted the shit out of some seeds in a garden and they grew like fuck and he never got to see it but we see it mm-hmm. i can't say that for john mccain but white I, pe- again because of the side of of the coin that you're on you know what i'm saying like Martin Luther King's contributions mostly impacted us and where where we are now. And so I feel like the seeds that he planted in that garden is a it's still white people that feel like we shouldn't even have Martin Luther King day, like that he wouldn't he, you know, that it, it's not worth having a day. So I feel like it's what side of the coin that you're on but, because there're going to be white people who are going to be so sad about John McCain because he but know, ain't going to be no John McCain day in 10 years. No, you know what I'm saying, and so I think that I think that's the difference between calling something a legacy versus just calling it a track record that he had with stuff. I think John Record had bad track track records that uh, transitioned to neutral track records that at some point transitioned to helpful track records in some senses for you know whoever he felt was right at the time, but I just can't call it a legacy. I just I can't call it a legacy. Uh-huh. I mean, and like you said, yeah, that's from my perspective. I'm sure. This depends on the court, the side of the. I court. guess a, a a historian that been following John McCain's decision that they agree with for the most of their life and how he's made decisions. I guess they'll call that a legacy. Or white people, or black people, or anybody that's like blindly Republican. And what I mean by that is that they anything that that goes on in the party. They're gonna view it as good because they don't they're not interactive in, in being a Republican. It's just what they they side with when it comes to which is why But it it made me realize that they got this there has to be standards for causing some of the every politician 
who dies can't universally be known as having a legacy. I think probably because of John McCain is probably getting that term because of this what's happened at the end of his life that he stood up to Trump when other people like because we're still in the midst of this bullshit that is the Trump presidency. I think right now people are saying that because of what he's done recently. You know what I'm saying? Like, and because we're still in the midst of a fuck shit soup, um, that may be why. It's probably just the recent stuff that people feel that way. Like people who, again, appreciated him being the only thumbs down and not passing that legislation. I think that's that one thing <laughs> is is why people are saying legacy. And it's just because of the emotion, the emotional impact of still living under a Trump presidency. People still feel strong about that shit. So I don't know. That's less a legacy and more a moment. It is a moment, but, but you know, you know, I feel like <laughs> it's the same way like R. Kelly. <laughs> R. Kelly's legacy before all of this shit would have been being the the king of R and B, right? Right now, because of the fuck shit that he's he's been through, R. Kelly's legacy that he gonna leave behind is being a pedophile. Like that's what people are gonna remember him for. Like I feel like there are certain things that you can do toward the end of your life if they're big enough. That's gonna be what everybody looks at and thinks. You know, you can you can fuck up. You you live a whole precious great life and then do some fuck shit, <laughs> and that'll be the only thing people remember about you. You know, so uh, it's again, it's just gonna kind of depend on the person. But I think the talk about John McCain's legacy or whatever now is really that one moment that him doing that thing that nobody else would do because it felt like nobody would stand against Trump in the public eye. You know what I'm saying? It was only the people that didn't care no more because they wasn't running no more. And he was like, fuck that, thumbs down. So I feel like because of being under this presidency still and how people feel about it that one moment was enough to like secure his spot mm-hmm. so there's that and um what's your other story um uh, my other story we got like eight minutes <laughs> five-year-old boy orders 960 dollars worth of toys on his grandma's kindle oh the, the ass beating that i would have received Oh, Jesus, I I just every time I see this story, I just I feel licks. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a parenting issue. I got um that's not PTSD. a child issue. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, it is because ain't no fucking way I'm gonna have if if I give the because there's ways to lock down shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not finna give you the ability to order shit because the same thing happens with people's cell phone. They get their kid a cell phone. They playing a game end up in the, the uh, app store and now you got you know a hundred dollar bill because they didn't downloaded all these games that cost money <laughs> and you ain't got no password no just you buy it and it go through um he ordered up and they was on vacation when he did that shit right so they come home from vacation to like a shit ton of boxes <laughs> of all the stuff he had ordered. how balling is you 
that you don't recognize a thousand dollars move been removed from your bank account before you get back home. I ain't gonna have a thousand dollars in there for you to take out. <laughs> so that means you're gonna be stuck because when you go try to run your car for gas. <laughs> <laughs> Like Super wait a minute, what coming. the fuck? As soon as you go to a bank account and see all them Amazon <laughs> or Kindle purchases, somebody getting their ass beat at the gas station. Well, he so what he did is it was a Kindle, but you know on your Kindle you can go into the regular Amazon store. He ordered toys and shit. It wasn't no books. He ordered toys, <laughs> so he had to have gone into the regular Amazon store from the Kindle and ordered a bunch of shit. And it was just boxes upon boxes. Um, I would have uh, just first of all, all that shit didn't exist when I was a kid, so I wasn't capable of it. My my mom was the kind of person who, in the car, was like, "Don't get in here and ask me for shit, okay? <laughs> don't get in here, don't touch nothing, and don't ask me for nothing." So like sneaking, like you know, I've seen kids like take stuff and just put it in their parents' buggy, and they be fine with. I'd have got my ass whooped for that. When she got up to the register and saw that candy that she didn't put in there and asked who did it, I'd have got her ass whooping for that. For trying to sneak some shit in. So, like, ordering shit? Mm-mm. And then a thousand dollars worth of shit? Mm-mm. And Again, he was a little Asian kid. That's a parenting issue. It is. If your kid gets your credit card, if your kid you know ordering stuff on amazon or computer that is a parenting issue you need to be making sure your kid don't have access to these things first off you need to be knowing if your kid is capable of doing something like that and he's five years old so he probably didn't know what he was doing he don't know the concept of money so i mean he probably seen somebody buy stuff on them app so he know what buying stuff look like but that's a parenting issue A, a child should not get a whooping for that the first time it happened First time it happened, uh, you should block all ways for them to do that shit again so it don't happen again. Uh, and you need to get them a, a strong understanding of, of how they did wrong or what they messed up. And if they do it again, somehow it's still a parenting issue. But at this point, you know that they know that they shouldn't have done it. So now, whatever consequences you want to give them should be given. But the first time that they do something like this, then you need to adjust your system to, I to determine how you're going. None of that what you well, and I, you know. I work with parents that's like your mama. They don't give a fuck about what I'm talking about. <laughs> she but, beat my ass. But I have. But you know, as parents, I, I, I sit there and I ask them. I said, "What are you trying to achieve for your children?" I got a parent. I got a parent like this now. Um, what she did most recently was she took, she took the game system from him for nothing. You know, it's just like you need to rest your eyes a little bit. You be playing that game when you get out of school. She just took it for nothing, and and I'm trying to help rest her understand. Rest your eyes. You rest your eyes when you I'm sleep. just she uh, parent don't like the game, and so I'm like, what is your goal? What do you want to accomplish with your kid? If you want to have a child that is prepared for the world that they're gonna live in after they leave your house, understand the appropriateness of consequences, the appropriateness of award, uh, of rewards, then you're not doing it right. If that's what you're trying to achieve, if you're trying to achieve your child knowing power structure, hierarchy, what a dictatorship look like and to do what you want them to do, even though it ain't consistent and even though it's not constructive to their development and moving on to be an adult that can uh, produce in this society. If that's what you're trying to achieve, you're doing a good job, <laughs> doing a real good job because he don't know nothing about no damn consequences. He don't understand rewards because she don't even believe in rewards. She just believe in you supposed to do what I say do because I said do it. You know, but the world don't work like that. 
It doesn't. After you get out into the world and you turn 18, the world turns into you get a job. If you do bare minimum shit, you get whatever they say you're going to get. If you do good enough, you get raises. If you do fantastically, you get promotions. And if you do very well, you can go up even higher than that. On the adverse side, if you fuck up, then you're going to get rolled up. And if you fuck up some more, then you're going to get fired. And I encourage parents to implement that system for their kids. Teach them now what it looked like that if you meet my expectations, you get what I'm supposed to give you. If you exceed my expectations, you get better than what what I give you. If you are phenomenal somehow, I'm going to make your life blissful. They also need to know on the adverse side, if you know my expectations and you don't meet them, then you're going to have some consequences. And if you <laughs> fall dead deeply flat of my expectations, then life is going to be problematic for you at this time. It shouldn't be inconsistent to a level that you just make actions and decisions without a child knowing why, which is another reason why I, 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 I have conflict with parents who feel like they don't have to explain nothing to children because you, if you don't believe you should explain something to children, you're going to let your children go 17 years without knowing shit about how adults make decisions. And so you're going to send a child into the adult world making decisions as a child because you couldn't let go of the idea that you wanted to make all of the decisions for them. And, and I, I don't know. That shit makes sense to me. It makes sense to me for accomplishing sending a child in the world into the world with knowledge that they need to function appropriately. And I tell parents, listen, your child in two years is going to be in my community. I don't want him breaking into my car. Hell the fuck. I don't no. want him knowing how not to adult so he go revert to bullshit to make money. I don't want that. Hell you no. need to start teaching this kid how to be an adult now. With with a modifier of knowing he's still a child, but he finna be an adult. You need to figure out how to do that. And parents be giving me so much pushback because they be having this bullshit ass parental entitlement. Because they think that because I got kids, because they my kids, I do this how I want to do it. Even though how you want to do it is utterly fucked up. Part of that is just bad parents and skills being passed down. It's like, well, my mama did this and this how it was, so I'm going to do this with my kids. And it's like, you didn't even like the shit. Why would you do it? <laughs> you hated it. You don't do that to and I, had, I had a mama that wasn't directly involved in me becoming an adult. She was directly involved in trying to save my soul, but not directly involved in helping me understand. So when I got out there on my own, I'm the fuck trying to learn how to adult until 24. Mm -hmm. I don't know shit about finances. I don't know shit about relationships. I don't know shit about how to treat women. I don't know shit about shit except church. Yeah. And I learned a little bit I did learn from my granddaddy as it pertains to being a man and housekeeping as it pertains to my grandmama. And not housekeeping for a man, but housekeeping for myself. Mm -hmm. I learned that from my grandmama. Baking and cooking, I learned that from my grandmama. For myself. And so, mama, so I spent six years out here trying to learn from peers and seeing what they doing. You know, watching TV shows and seeing people on TV shows and movies doing certain stuff and wondering, should I be doing that? I don't have time to let these kids spend six years trying to figure that shit out mm -hmm. because luckily it took six, seven years, but I figured it out. Some of these motherfuckers by the year two or three who have figured it out 
revert to bullshit because that's the only way they feel like they're going to be able to survive. And it's easier. Then you know what I'm much saying. Easier, much easier. Much easier to figure out effort. all of this shit. Yeah. Much easier. Mm-hmm. And I don't have time to let these kids do it. So I be challenging these parents. Man, I was in a I was in a conversation with a parent. Man, it was so it was so messed up because oh, she took his phone away from him because he had went on to some inappropriate stuff that he shouldn't have went on. Okay. Right. This happened in November. Okay. Of 2017. Okay. Here we are in June of 2018, and he still can't have his phone and still can't have a computer. Wait a minute. And so let me tell you what question I asked her. I said, How do you know if he's gotten better? How will you know if he's gained the responsibility to manage those electronics or not? And and she said, I know him. What? You didn't even know him. You were surprised to find the shit on the phone. Exactly. So she said, obviously. I know him. If I give it back, he's going to do the same thing. And I'm saying, how do you know? And she said, I just know him. And then I said, well, well, tell me what system you have by which you're going to determine whether he's become more responsible or not. Because you can't determine whether he's become more responsible with his phone or electronics if he never gets an opportunity to use them it don't sound like she care about that like she it just sounds like she's planning on never giving it back to him because she feels like he's never gonna <laughs> because who the fuck keep a phone from november to june exactly and, and so now computer? my next question goes into so are you comfortable with letting him go through the next four years of your house not having these things but also him leaving your house not knowing whether he can't control himself with them things or not. If you're comfortable with blocking that thing from him and not knowing if he can manage himself, you are setting him up for failure and you're setting yourself up for your family name to be pulled into a situation because you didn't know what your kid was capable of, so you didn't know what steps to have taken to help him become ready. Did she even to ask prepare him, him while he was on the site? She probably just saw the shit and blew up. It, yeah, it don't really matter why he was on the sites. She, she was, he was on them, and that's what happened. But I would want to know, like, I would have had a conversation with him. He, I would have taken the phone as a punishment, but we also would have had. It, first of all, it wouldn't have been from November to June, but we would have had a conversation about those sites and why he wanted to. Even if it's just you know he a teenage boy and masturbating, like, I, I, I or did you have questions? What was I would want to know what the site was specifically and like, you know, because if he was watching gay porn, we need to have a conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that because you, you that's how you feel? Yeah, I would just have a conversation with him about, I would want to understand why he was on the site. Like, what was your purpose? Still gonna take your phone away from you. But. Yeah, before <laughs> a limited period of time. Before a limited period of time, not from November to June. That's ridiculous. And the idea that she can't get over that he did that he, is impacting his self-esteem. How old is he? He's 15. They're going to get on inappropriate sites. Yeah, They're gonna, in, like, that's part of him being 15. It's impacting his self-esteem. And, now, and the first conversation I had with her was so bad. And at the end of the conversation, all she heard was from me was give him his phone back. That's all she heard. And what I wanted her to know is, listen, you don't got to give him his phone back today, but you need a system by which you determine how he gets his phone back. 
and how he gets his privileges back because otherwise you'll never know if he's gained that responsibility. If you give him back and he mess up again, take him right back. Take him again. Or middle ground. Give it back to him and take it back every night and check it. Set up a system where which they have these. Well, you can block where, shit. No, you can't even not not even block. But any websites he go to, any text messages he's seeing, come to your phone. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I utterly believe in children being able to have privacy too. So I'm not a strong advocate for the text message part. Mm-hmm. I feel like if the text message thing gonna happen, you shouldn't get all the texts. He said, I think you should be able to just check his phone at will. And whatever's on there should be checked. That's how I think parents should deal with phone stuff in that regard. Mm-hmm. I, I think they need to believe that they have privacy the same way as when they have journals. I be asking my parents, don't read their journal. This is this is private for them. But as far as the websites they go on, have every site he ever visits sent straight to your, your email so that you know exactly. What, like there's middle ground. Mm-hmm. She's just not willing to do it because she... I don't know. I'm still oh, trying to figure again, out what the I think it's got. probably that she was treated this way. That's a that's the example of parenting that she saw. And it's a it's a it's a split generation. It's fifteen year old and sixty five year old. His mama's sixty. It ain't his mama. Oh, it's his adoptive uh, adoptive parent, and she's just old. Okay. Yeah, that is a. So her viewpoint of of. I'm, I'm assuming about inappropriate site you mean it was like sex porn mm-hmm. something like that yeah. her viewpoint of sex and sexuality at 65 and the generation she grew up in is gonna be way different yeah way different and so for her you know that's gonna be a lot more horrifying than for like one of you know parents our age because you reckon you know the, teenagers watch porn and it isn't just teenage boys. I have teenage girls in my caseload that told me that, that have told me that they watch porn. Mm-hmm. Both girls and boys <laughs> watch porn. You know, when they get curious about it, what what is easier, going to your parent or <laughs> just just visiting a porn site to see what it is, what's going on? <laughs> so. The, uh, I really hope that if I become a parent and I want to become a parent that I would be able to, again, I would have took his phone, but we would have had a conversation. I wouldn't have, I don't, cause what I don't want, because I had this growing up, my self-esteem being smushed by my parents. I don't ever want to do that to my kid. I want to build them up. And so I don't want to be doing shit that's going to like negatively impact their self-esteem because I had that. You know, my dad used to call me olive oil. And I was really, really, really sensitive about how skinny I was. And he would call me olive oil all the time. And that shit fucked with me. I hated it. Like, I wouldn't even watch Popeye shit because it just, I would see her and just feel bad about myself. So, I don't want to do that type of shit (laughs) to my kid. Like, I don't want to be the cause of them having bad self-esteem. I got you. But that man said, we have met our threshold for this episode. Uh, you got anything else on your mind? Um, oh, AC Blow thanked me for teaching him how to say acai because he was also saying a kai. <laughs> uh, you know, 
I'm glad. So it was I'm a teachable glad. moment. People learn how to say acai, but that's all happened. I mean, they need to cut that sounded out shit in elementary school, man. Yeah, because sometimes you can't sound it out. Yeah. It does look like a car, but it's acai. <laughs> like, you ain't finna tell me to sound shit out and it's a K in front of no. <laughs> Knowledge. Canal. <laughs> yeah, like, don't tell me to sound shit out. Yeah, you can't do that. A lot of words ain't don't sound like how they look. But you know, it is what it is. But um, that's it. Alrighty then. Um until we come to the next conversation. We out. Holla. <laughs>